I want to welcome you to today's podcast. And in this podcast, I'll be bringing you teachings from the Word of God that will bless you and inspire your spirit. And I know for sure that your life will never be the same again when you're done listening. God bless you as you listen. This podcast is sponsored by Check It Shop. Check It Shop, the first Christian anointed clothing brand. Your one-stop shop for high quality and heavily anointed clothing and accessories that will look good on you and most importantly, terrorize the kingdom of darkness. Visit CheckItShop.com. Check it inside. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want to welcome you to another podcast where I'll be bringing words and teachings that will inspire you and change your life forever. Hallelujah. But before we go on, I'd like us to pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we worship you. We honor you. We adore you. We bless you because you are King, you are Lord, and you are God. And there is no one like you. Father, we ask that you speak to us through your word and by your spirit. Precious Holy Spirit, take over in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, The Bible says that God has exalted his word above all his name. Hallelujah. God has exalted his word above all his name. Hallelujah. And the word of God should be the final arbiter when it comes to any situation, any circumstance. Hallelujah. And it's important to understand that God's word is constant. Hallelujah. His word is constant. He doesn't change. He doesn't say one thing today and then he changes. Oh no, I didn't say this. Oh, I said this because of this. But no, 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 no. His word is constant. His word is true. Hallelujah. His word is constant. Now, of course, there was an Old Testament. There was a time during the time of the Old Testament. And there was a way that God related with those people of the Old Testament. And there were things that he said based on his relationship with those people. Hallelujah. So there are certain things that he said then. But he is not saying now to us because the relationship we have with him is different from what those people had with him. Hallelujah. But ultimately, God does not change. If there's anyone that changes, we are the ones that change. But God is constant. His word is constant. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. His word is constant. I want to show you something from the scripture. The book of 1 John chapter 5. Hmm. And I'm reading from verse 19. 1 John chapter 5 verse 19. Hallelujah. It says, And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. We know that we are of God. The whole world lies in wickedness. See, I always say this, that there was a time I would see the news, you know, I watch the news. And so, in all honesty, from time to time, I fall into this, where I watch the news and I'll see the wars, see the killings, I'll see these things. And it will, it will hurt me. I'll feel so bad. I'll feel so bad. Hallelujah. One time God spoke to me. He said, why are you surprised? You should know. Hallelujah. Why are you surprised? He says, we know that the whole world lies in wickedness. 
The Bible says, and it says um, in Isaiah chapter 60 from verse 1, where it says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. In verse 2, it says, Behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. He said it. Hallelujah. So he was talking to me, he said, Listen, I talked about this, so why are you surprised? Why are you surprised that all these things are happening? And I came to one conclusion. For me to maintain my sanity, I just stay away from this news. I stay away from this news. Once I see anything, because me, I, I could be very emotional sometimes. And there are certain things that I will see, you know, days some time ago. I could be watching a movie. I know it's a movie. And I see somebody that is sick in the movie. And I find myself praying for the person. Oh, God, heal this person. Like, I know it's a movie, but I'm praying for the person. Praise God. I know it's a movie, but I'm praying for the person. Why? Because of that emotion. So I got to a point in my life where I just decided, okay, listen, I'm not going to, I'll just keep away from certain things, watching anything now, you know, just disturb my emotion. Because the world is wicked. Hallelujah. The world is wicked. Verse 20 says, and we know that the Son of God is come and has given us an understanding. Hallelujah. Jesus has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. We know. We know because many times when you see things, the evidence that the people of the world will come up with, they will try to prove that God does not exist. Jesus is a myth and all, but he exists and he is there. Hallelujah. But this is the main thing that I wanted to show you. Verse 21. He says, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. He says, keep yourselves from idols. Hallelujah. What is an idol? Do you know, um, the very first time, over 20 years ago, I came across this scripture and said, keep yourselves from idols. Well, I was excited. I said, thank God, at least in our day, we don't have these statues that we bow before and all that. So that's not our problem. But this is a word to people from the, of the New Testament. So there must be a reason why I said keep yourselves from idols. So growing and getting to understand more about the things of God, I got to understand. When he says keep yourselves from idols, what is an idol? It's not just that statue you see that people bow before. Anything that takes the place of God in your life, anything that takes the place of the word of God in your life is an idol. Anything that takes the place of the word. Because the Bible says in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Hallelujah. So the word is God. So anything that takes the place of God in your life is an idol. Anything that takes the place of the word of God in your life is an idol. Hallelujah. So it doesn't matter what you hear. It doesn't matter what you are told. Once the word of God is brought into the picture, everything should be settled. Like it should settle every dispute. It should settle every argument once the word of God is brought into the picture. Hallelujah. If you found yourself in this position where the word of God is not the final arbiter of your life, you are in a very dangerous place. You are in a very dangerous place. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And see, the word is clear. The Bible says no scripture is of private interpretation. No scripture is of private interpretation. You can't just pick up one scripture somewhere, just one verse of scripture and form a doctrine. There will be witnesses in different places that will support that word. 
Hallelujah. Because you see this Bible as it is. People are able to take, lift up something from the Bible and produce lies and say all kinds of things. People are able to do that. So, but there must be scripture after scripture to back up any teaching. Hallelujah. And also be careful because like I said earlier, there are things that were said in the Old Testament. And those things that were said were based on the relationship that God had with those people. Remember, those people were not children of God. They were not born again. They didn't have the life of God in them. Hallelujah. So they thought differently. They spoke differently. They acted differently. They were not born again. So what he said to them is different from what he's saying to us now. It's just like you as a, as a man or as a woman. You have children. Your biological children. And then at your place of work, you are the boss. Hallelujah. Now, those people at your place of work, you have a certain kind of relationship with them at your place of work. But then at home, you have a different kind of relationship with your children. The way you, you will speak to your workers is not the way you talk to your children. Because the relationship is different. So, your child, you, 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 you can't, uh, as maybe, um, you can't go to your boss's house, for example, and hear your boss telling your children, telling um, his children or her children, certain things, and then you take that word, right? What he was saying to or he or she was saying to the, their children. You can't take that word and go to the office and use it to hold uh, your boss. Because she wasn't talking to you, she was talking to her children. Hallelujah, I hope you're getting the picture clearly. There is a word. The word is based on relationship. Praise God. So there are some people who want to lift some scriptures in the Old Testament to support whatever they want to do. It's, it, it doesn't work that way. Hallelujah. It doesn't work that way. Hallelujah. He said, little children, keep yourselves from idols. And an idol is anything that takes the place of God in your life. Anything that takes the place of the word of God in your life. That's an idol. Hallelujah. Years ago, I made up my mind. Years ago, I made up my mind. That if you can show me from the Bible with clear proofs, I will believe. I will believe. I made up my mind like that. So whenever anybody is talking, I'm, I'm taking notes or I'm recording. I'm going to listen to it and I'll check the thing very well if it's consistent with scriptures. If it's not consistent, it doesn't matter who you are. I won't accept it. I made up my mind that no man will be God in my life. No man, nobody will be an idol in my life. The moment what you are saying is not consistent with the word, not me. Hallelujah. I made up my mind. Anna. Hallelujah. The Bible says God is not a respecter of persons. Hallelujah. Listen for the word. This is so important. Otherwise, you slipped into idol worship. I want us to look at something in the book of John. The um, John, the book of John, the gospel of John, John chapter 8. I want us to read from verse 1. John chapter 8 from verse 1. I want you to see this. Jesus went onto the Mount of Olives and early in the morning, he came again into the temple and all the people came unto him and he sat down and taught them. Verse 3. And the scribes 
and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. Hallelujah. This woman was not just accused. She was taken in adultery. She was caught in the very act. And when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, This woman was taken in adultery in the very act. She was caught red-handed. Hallelujah. Have you wondered, have you ever wondered where was the man? Have you ever wondered why the woman? And I hear in many Arab countries, they do this. They do this. And it's terrible. What exactly happened here? The woman herself was married. The woman was married. And we don't know the state of the man, but the woman was married. So she was married to somebody, but she was in the act with another person. But where was the man? Where was the man? But again, verse 5. Now Moses, they're going to quote. Are you seeing? They're quoting from the Bible. Are you seeing this? Now Moses in the law commanded us. <laughs> that such should be stoned. They've come with this woman who was caught in the act. And they've opened their Bibles also to show Jesus. I said, listen, we caught this woman in the very act. This is the video evidence. She was caught in the act. She can't deny. And the woman couldn't deny because the evidence was clear. It was not just an accusation. She actually did it. Hallelujah. She actually did it. She was guilty of the accusation. And they opened the scriptures of things that God said in the Old Testament, such a person should be stoned. But what says thou? What are you saying? Look at it clearly. I'm showing you from the Bible. Not only did they bring they had not, not only did they have an evidence against this woman, they also had a scripture that was backing what they were about to do. Hallelujah. And say, what, what, what do you say? Verse 6. This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. What they were saying was true, was a fact. The woman was caught in the act, was a fact, no denial. And then they have scriptures to prove from the Old Testament. Listen, this person ought to die because the law in the Old Testament was the soul that sinned shall die. That was the law. And again, I told us it's based on, it was based on the relationship he, he had with those people. It was based on the relationship he had with them. But Jesus had come to put an end to that, that dispensation. He had come to put an end to that dispensation and to bring a new dispensation. Hallelujah. The Bible says we beheld him. We beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. In the Old Testament, there was no grace. Once you did something wrong, you were killed. Because there was no grace. You, you had what was called the law of sin and death. That was what was available at that time. Because of the relationship that God had with those people. 
Was that the best of God? No. But that's what was available based on the relationship. Hallelujah. But then Jesus stooped down and he began to write with his finger on the ground. Hallelujah. So when they continued, verse 7, so when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin, ah, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. Yeah, it's true. She did, she was caught in the act. It's true. It's true that you have scriptures to back up what you want to do. It's true. Fine. Before you carry out that act, make sure that you have no sin, no sin, before you carry out the judgment. He that is without sin, let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Hallelujah. What was he writing? We were not told. I believe the Holy Spirit didn't want us to know uh, the details. If he wanted to, he would have told us. But years ago, my grandfather was preaching. And he said, he made reference to this story. And he said, of course, it's not written what Jesus wrote. But he believed that Jesus began to write through the knowledge of the Spirit. He began to write. Thomas, let's say the leader of them, Thomas, remember three days ago, you passed through the window into James's house and you were doing things with James's immediately. Look at it. Verse 9. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one. Hallelujah. You did it. You did this. Look at what you did. Look at what you did. Is there anything that is hidden before the eyes of God? No. I always say this. I say this all the time. The moment we get to that point of stop being hypocritical, that's when we can save God with a clear conscience. Hallelujah. When Jesus came, he didn't come because there, there, there was no sin. He didn't come because people will not make mistakes. No, that's not what he came to do. In the Old Testament, when they did something wrong, they, they were killed, they died. Hallelujah. But in the New Testament, things have changed. He says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had set me free from the law of sin and death. Things have changed now. When something happens, God looks into the root cause of the matter. He doesn't just go ahead and carry out justice. For example, even this woman, this woman that was caught in the act, how did she get into the act? What really happened? What's the story behind it? Who knows if she was set up? Who knows? Who knows if she was set up? That's why David the psalmist said, he says, what is man that thou art so mindful of him? He knows how frail we are. He knows how weak we are. He knows. He knows. Hallelujah. He knows. So what is the story behind? You have the act. But what is the story behind the act? Hallelujah. The Bible says, being convicted by their own conscience, went one by one, beginning at the eldest, even on to the last. And Jesus was left alone 
and the woman standing in the midst. Why didn't Jesus himself also walk away? Because Jesus had no sin. He was the only one who had the right to pick up a stone and cast the stone at her because he had no sin. The only one that has walked on the face of this earth without sin is Jesus. And I've said this before time and time again that, see, let's take our mind away from sin and focus on righteousness. Hallelujah. Because religiosity, that's religion. As long as you're focusing on those things, you will see. You will. But when you submit yourself to God and allow him to help you, day by day he will help you. If you make a mistake, he will pick you up. He will help you to stand again. Verse 10, when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? Where are your accusers? Verse 11, she said, No man, Lord, no man. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Listen. That's why he had to say it. Because he could have stoned her if he wanted to. Hallelujah. Remember Jesus is the word of God that became flesh. So he is God. And as God, God is sinless. So if God wanted to punish her actually, he could have punished her. So Jesus speaking as God here. He says, neither do I condemn thee. Neither do I condemn thee. Now he had to say the next thing. He says, go and sin no more. That is not to say God loves sin. No. And do you know the truth? The truth is that, see, the true children of God, God knows that they don't like sin. They don't. They don't. Anyone that is a true child of God, if you make a mistake, you do something wrong, your conscience will torment you and persecute you. That's a sign that you are a child of God. That's a sign that you are born again. That's why he said, let us come to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Come to the throne, obtain mercy, and move. That's why he said it. Hallelujah. That's why he said it. Because he knows. Hallelujah. The Bible says in the book of Matthew. Glory to Jesus. Just a minute. Matthew chapter 7, and I'm reading from verse 1. Mm. <laughs> Gida Barush Geto Kazidaha. Hallelujah. He says, Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. Hallelujah. Verse 3. He says, and why beholdest thou the moth that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eyes? Hallelujah. He said, don't judge. See, let me tell you the truth. There is no one of us. There is no one of us that has never made any mistake. 
There's no one of us. No one of us. We are all standing by grace. There's no one of us. The Bible says, by grace are you saved through faith. And it's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. It is by grace. Hallelujah. So, when you come out and judge somebody else, because your own is not known, or so you think, but there is an eye that sees everything. Verse 4, it says, How would thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in your own eye. You are trying to say this about this person, do this and do that, but your own, there is a big one. It's covering your eye. Hmm. Look at verse 5. It says, Thou hypocrite. Thou hypocrite. That Jesus is speaking, thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mouth out of thy brother's eye. Hallelujah. He says, take out the one from you, the beam, the big one, the log, very big one. The other one has a speck, but yours is a big beam. Say, take it out first. And when you take that one out, you'll be able to see. But unfortunately, you can't take it out as long as you're in this world. It is the grace of God that makes us all stand. You know, when you're not a student of history, you will be history. When you're not a student of history, you'll be history. No one, no one has lived a life of attacking and criticizing and criticizing others and doing all that stuff. Nobody has done that and succeeded. Nobody. There were two men in the Bible called Janice and Jambres and they withstood Moses. Where are they today? The Dothams and the Abirams and the Korahs that withstood Moses, where are they today in history? The scribes and the Sadducees and the Pharisees that attacked Jesus in his day, where are they today? What are their names today? We don't know them. Hallelujah. They are history. They have been buried in the graveyard of history. Hallelujah. The Bible says, walk out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Walk out your own. See, it is not easy for anyone. It is the grace of God. Hallelujah. It is the grace of God. It doesn't matter how old you are. As long as you are in this world. As long as there is a tempter in this world. It doesn't matter how old you are. It is a constant fight. The Bible says the spirit wars against the flesh and the flesh wars against the spirit. And it's a constant battle. Even if you are 90 years old, the devil will look for 90-year-old temptation for you. He will look for temptation of your size. Praise the Lord. With little children, age 6, 7, he will tell them, go, go take that cookie. Go and take that cookie. That is their size of temptation. As you grow old, the devil will look for your size of temptation and bring to you. Hallelujah. There will be that stage where he will begin to show you worldly things. Do this and you will get this. He'll show you the, 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 the things. How old was Jesus when he was tempted of the devil? He was 30 years old. What did the devil show him? He showed him the glory of this world. The riches. The kingdoms. Money. Women. All that stuff. That's the age. That's the age where many people become worldly. They love the flashy things of this life. That is the age. That's the age. And he brings it to all men to tempt them. Hallelujah. And God understands. Jesus was here and he walked the way that he, he walked to the face of the earth. He understands the temptations that we go through. He understands. 
even if we fall sometimes, he understands, he knows. And he helps us to stand. He helps us. Hallelujah. That's why he said, without me, you can do nothing. I'll, I'll pray the Father and he will send you another comforter that he may be with you, he may abide with you forever. That's why he sent the Holy Ghost. Because he knows that on our own we cannot stand. Praise God. Hallelujah. So it is by grace. This is, this is, this is not to condone sin. I show you that scripture in John 8. He doesn't. He doesn't like it. Hallelujah. But you see, he doesn't condemn you. That's the part I want to point out. He wants to redeem you, not to condemn you. Do you understand what I'm saying? God wants to redeem you, not to condemn you. The Bible says the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. That's what he came to do. Hallelujah. One day, two of his disciples came to him. And he said, Master, can you imagine what these people did? As anointed as you are, the Son of God, they didn't prepare a place for you. Master, let us call down thunder and lightning and to, to fire from heaven to strike them and kill all of them. And Jesus said, what? Say, you don't know what spirit you are of. Say, for the Son of Man didn't come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. He's not looking for you to do one thing so he can destroy you. He's there to comfort you. He's there to help you. He's there to help you so that you can stand. But the moment you think that you are standing already, do you know what? You are falling, but you don't know. You are falling, but you don't know. Because the scripture is clear. It says, let he that thinks he stands, take heed lest he falls. Let he that thinks he stands take heed lest he falls. Over the years of, over 20 years of me walking with God, I have seen things with my eyes. I have seen people that come out judgmental and all, attacking people and saying things, attacking people until one day it happens for them. And they do one thing and the thing will be all over the place. It will be all over the place. And they'll be humiliated because that's the only way. Hallelujah. It, it, it happens. I, I've seen it happen again and again. So there are certain things I see. Once I see things going in a certain way, I say, ah, no, 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 no. This one is going this path. This is how to end. The Bible says there is a way that seemeth right unto man. When you are throwing that, going that line of condemnation, it may seem right to you. But the end is death. The end is destruction. It never ends well. Hallelujah. Glory to God. See, every man, if we are sincere to ourselves, we have enough problems on our own. We have enough issues. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm just telling you the truth. One thing you shouldn't do, don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to yourself. We have enough issues on our own. And if you're busy dealing with God, one thing I do, let me tell you something. If I find myself in a difficult situation, difficult position, and there's a test, there's a trial, there's a temptation, I find myself in such difficult position. There are sometimes these things could be so overwhelming. Immediately I begin to cry and say, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Because I know, I know, I know. This is how it is. Praise God. And the Lord always helps me. He always helps me. Hallelujah. I was doing a deliverance a few days ago. And then I was asking about some things. And then these demons were speaking. Say, we hate you. I said, why do you hate me? Say, because you are different. I said, what do you mean by that? They said, you always take your weakness to God. 
You always take your weakness. You don't try to cover it. You take your weakness to God and ask him to help you. And that is something I say. Yeah, because, you know, sometimes, let me, let me tell you something. Sometimes, you know, when we cast out demons and when we minister and all that, these demons, they are very intelligent beings. Very, very intelligent. If we're not careful, you'll be doing, you're doing deliverance because people watch us doing these things. The demons will begin to flatter you. They'll begin to tell you how the most, how you are the most anointed person, this and that. And if you're not careful to check, put a check to those things, those things will begin to get to your head and you begin to think of yourself more highly than you ought to. And that is dangerous. So everything I do, even while I'm doing that, everything I'm hearing, I'm judging it with scriptures. I'm judging it with the word. Hallelujah. But that one, I say, yeah, that one is true. That one is true. Paul said his strength is made perfect. He was saying to Paul, he said, my strength is made perfect in weakness. The truth is, God has never used strong people. He has never used perfect people. Never. Throughout scriptures, check. Never. He would always take a person that is weak and say, you're going to do this. You're going to do that. And then the person will say, Lord, but how can I? Look at Moses. Moses said, no, but you know, I can't even speak. I have weakness. I, I can't talk. God said, don't worry. I'm the one that created the tongue and the mouth. I'll help you. He didn't heal Moses. He didn't take away the weakness. He gave him strength. Do you understand? He won't take away the weakness. He will give you strength. So that thing, all your life will be like a check for you. So you always have to run to God. So in a, in a way, it is good. But when you deny your weakness and begin to feel like you, are, you, are, you have arrived, it's not there. A big fall is awaiting. Hallelujah. A big fall is awaiting. Look through scriptures. Look at Peter. Peter was so timid. The little girl asked him, say, you are one of, I saw you with him. You are one of them. He denied to a point where he swore. Swore with his life. I, will, I don't know this man. He swore. That's betrayal. But guess what? After the resurrection of Jesus, he told Mary, he said, go and tell the disciples and Peter. He had to mention Peter's name to let Peter know that he wasn't condemned. I understand. But I even told you, I told you before the cock crows twice, you would deny me three times. I told you. I know. I understand. And that same Peter, hey, Palotaha, that same Peter who was so weak and timid, by the time God finished with him, he was transformed to become a rock. Hallelujah. He was transformed. He was Simon. He transformed him to become a rock. This was a man who stood before 3,000 people at one time and another time before 5,000 people and he preached a powerful, a powerful message and thousands of people gave their lives to Christ. This was a man who stood before the Jewish rulers, one who denied, he de denied Jesus before. But after the strength of God came upon his life, he stood before them and proclaimed the gospel. He didn't mind that they locked him up. He was bold because God gave him strength. Hallelujah. As long as we are in this world, we must watch and pray as Jesus said. Hallelujah. Knowing that without him, we will not be able to stand. It is him that helps us. Hallelujah. I'm going to read one more scripture. The book of Jude chapter 1. Oh, glory to God. And I'm reading verse 24. It says, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. Oh, hallelujah. He is able to keep you from falling. He has the ability to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. 
You are not able to keep yourself from falling. It is He that is able to keep you from falling. Hallelujah. It is He that is able to keep you from falling. So your focus should be on Him. Hallelujah. Your focus should be on Him. Let Him help you. Praise God. Let Him help you. Glory to Jesus. Now I took time to show you all these things from the Word. I started out first by showing you that an idol is anything that is inconsistent with the Word. Anything that you put in place of the Word of God in your life. So if the Word of God comes concerning a matter and God says handle a matter like this, then no matter how you feel, no matter what you want to do, the moment the Word of God comes and says this is how you should do it, then you do it like that. And then I also explain that, see, don't accept someone who will go and take something from the Old Testament where it was the law of sin and death was in oppression and you pick something from there and you try to use it in this dispensation of grace. It doesn't work. And I showed you the story of the, that woman that was caught in the act. How that the people had an evidence against her. She was caught in the very act. And they came with scriptural backings too for what they wanted to do from the Old Testament. And Jesus didn't deny. He said, yes, it's true that the word of God says so. But why don't you allow God to do it? You are not qualified to do it. You all have sin in your life. You're not qualified to be the one to cast the stone on her. Hallelujah. You are not qualified. The only time you can go and cast the stone is because you don't have any sin in your life. Hallelujah. Praise God. And the woman, all the accusers left. And Jesus asked, I said, where are your accusers? I said, they have gone. Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. So even though I am God and I can condemn you because I have no sin, yet I don't condemn you. I understand exactly what happened. I know you were set up. I know it was a set up. I know that these people set you up because they wanted to destroy you. I know. I know what really happened. It's not because you actually wanted to do it. It was a set up. So I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. Go and watch yourself. Hallelujah. This is the word of God. Hallelujah. And I said, don't judge your brother. Don't. See, when it comes to the issue of sin and not sin, that's one area we have to tread softly and carefully. Praise the Lord. When it comes to those things, point out the truth. Talk about things that are not right talk about it but when it comes to pointing fingers at particular individuals be careful about that hallelujah be careful about that because none of us is perfect hallelujah and when you come out and start pointing another person in sin yours will also come out and it always comes out in bigger proportions it's never 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 i could mention names not just in the Bible, but even in, 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 in recent histories of servants of God who have attacked other people and things that happened to them. There was one man of God. He came out attacking another one, attacked him, brought evidence and everything. Eventually, his own also came out and he went to jail. It doesn't happen. It, it never works. Hallelujah. Praise God. And let me tell you the spiritual part of it. And I've not said this today. The spiritual part of it is that when you start doing that, you open a door for the spirit of that same thing that you accused the person of. You open the, that door. It's, it's like that. It's a process. I can tell you example after example. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This, the time that God has given us on this earth is short. Hallelujah. And we should focus on our relationship with him. Jesus is coming soon. Hallelujah. Focus on your relationship with him. 
make sure you make it to heaven don't miss heaven that's the most important thing god is the judge of all and he will give every man the bible says according to what they deserve let him do that praise the lord i'm sure you've learned something the message today basically is an instruction from the spirit of god and he wants you to understand his mindset how to handle certain matters hallelujah glory to jesus when you find something like that pray for the person and let god at the will of god God knows how to fix things he will fix it hallelujah praise the lord let us pray father we thank you for your grace and your mercy thank you for your loving kindness thank you because you're not a god who who judges us based on our mistakes but the truth is if you judge us based on our mistakes no one will stand but you are a loving father a merciful god and you sent your son jesus christ to die for our sins to shed his blood to cleanse us from all unrighteousness lord we depend on your love we plead the blood of jesus over our lives lord god almighty and we set our gaze upon you and upon your word as you help us by your spirit to walk day by day trusting in you following you following your leading even to the end thank you father in jesus name amen hallelujah praise god hallelujah remember don't be a forgetful hearer of the word but endure as you hear these things if there's any area in your life that needs adjustment based on what you have heard make sure you do it hallelujah god bless you and i'll see you again until i come to you again keep living in the atmosphere of god's word god's worship and god's miracles god bless you bye-bye Join the man of God, Pastor Isaac Samuel II, for further deeper analysis of the Word of God and mind-blowing miracles during the Check It Church weekly services. On Sunday, we've got the Super Sunday service starting at 10 a.m. CST. Wednesday is a midweek Bible study at 6 p.m. CST. Then Friday is a prayer meeting also starting at 6 p.m. CST. We hope to see you there.